0: Welcome to the Milk Bar. Welcome
1: along to episode 606 of the Milk Bar. Jason Forrest here with you as ever. And coming up on the show, we've got a bit of a Wolves Literature Festival special, as we'll be joined by Dave Pitt, uh, one of the poets, prattlers, and pandemonialists uh, who have got their Poetry Slam. Now, that all takes place before the main festival itself. It's happening on the 6th. Of February. The festival runs from the 12th through to the 14th, and there's loads going on. So we'll hear from Dave. We'll also be talking to Ian Henry uh, about the event from Kate Till Press, which launches as the three books and three authors but in addition to that they've got a fundraiser which he'll be letting us know all about and we'll be reminiscing about the kidderminster market tavern a home of indie music between 1990 and 1996 we've got mark badgman letting us know about uh, the book that he's produced alongside andrew wolfman and the event itself with some brilliant guests who we're talking all about times and some of the fantastic music that was there. Plus in addition to that Paul Ryder joining us again from LGBT plus Sparkle because he's been working with a group who are making sure that the police have a greater understanding of the needs of the trans community and the way in which we should communicate with and talk to a wider range of people in a way in which they find appropriate for them. That's all coming up on the show this week. As a precursor to the Wolverhampton Literature Festival, the Poets, Prattlers and Pandemonalists, I think I've got that right, are doing a thing. Dave Pitt is one of their number and joins me now. Hello.
2: Hello, mate. You are right.
1: right? I'm good. How are you?
2: I'm, I'm good. You got the name right. I mean, well done.
1: <laughs> I think that's a first, isn't it? <laughs> uh, for anybody other than the Poets, Prattlers and Pandemonalists. So, you know, you, you get it right, but the rest of us, we struggle. But it's uh, the, the, the 6th of February. Sees your event, which is a, it's a, a part of the big build-up to the Literature Festival this hmm. year, and uh, you are online, as is everything else.
2: Yes, uh, like a global pandemic was going to stop Wolves Lit Fest happening. Yeah, you know. Uh, we, we, we can fight through such things. Yes, uh, we, we always do this, lit, uh, we always do this poetry slam before the Lit Fest. Um, it's always in that week before, and it's a great little start. Uh, it's always been a wonderful event. Um, we we usually sell out the arena theatre. Of course, we can't do that this year, uh, which is an awful shame. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I think everyone taking part in the poetry slam, be that us or the poets or even the audience are just really missing live gigs. Yeah, so,
1: oh. they, so they Slammers and Slammees. Is that the correct so, see,
2: <laughs> let, Let's say that's correct. OK,
1: well, <laughs> but, but right. the thing, I mean, it's normally, um, it's normally so popular, I can't even blag tickets to it. Uh, but this time yes. round, I might even be able to blag my way into the gig.
2: You, you may be able to. Yeah. <laughs> I suppose you want me to tell people what it what it's about. And would that that'd be good? I mean, for, for those who haven't
1: experienced such a thing, it's kind of poetry at a high speed.
2: It is, yes. So we, we basically bring 15 poets together into a room, a virtual room, this year round. Um And they've got three minutes to impress you. And then we whittle them down until there's three left in the final. And then the winner is crowned Wolverhampton Literature Festival Poetry Slam Champion 2021. Um It's it's absolutely insane it's so fast um, and and lively you've got no idea what's coming next because the acts have only got three minutes Uh, you'll get someone come up and they'll do three minutes and it'll be really heartfelt and meaningful and you'll be wiping the salt from your eyes and then the next person will get up and just do some something that's completely silly Um, and you're pulled from pillar to post and it's such a wonderful event and we find that poetry slams, because we do a lot of poetry slams now, but we, we find that they're a great way for people to get into poetry, because mm-hmm. I think a lot of people's experiences of poetry have been dead white people, taught to them by school teachers who didn't really like it themselves. that They get it uh,
1: like in a birthday card and they'd really just look for the yeah, money.
2: <laughs> yeah, that sort of thing. Um, and these poetry slams are just a great way for people who, who who think it's not for them to realise, Oh, actually, this is really, really good. <laughs> <laughs> um, and we, they're always great events. There's always a lot of fun. There's always a lot of laughs. So, yeah.
1: And, and a judging panel who get to, uh, to to guide the audience's opinion of these things too. Y-
2: yes, we, we kind of... Well, Emma Purse has kind of... Usually what happens at the arena is she goes into the, the crowd before as they're all milling around outside wrestles five people to the ground <laughs> and says you're a judge and they go okay <laughs> um and and they they judge them uh, they, they judge the acts on you know performance writing uh delivery that sort of thing um because it's virtual it means you won't be wrestling anybody to the ground this year um, but I, I suspect she'll be crawling through people's webcams like the woman out of the ring. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, but, but yes, we have a judging panel. Um, and although that sounds kind of nasty, we do have people who are like, can I be a judge? cannot be a judge? Um,
1: to whom you probably so- say no, don't you? you? You want judges who don't want to be judges.
2: Yeah, yes, it's that kind of thing, isn't it? If you if you want to do it, you're the wrong person for the job. <laughs> uh, Douglas Adams, isn't it
1: that? Though? That is a, a quote from on, on presidencies, and I think that stands true with most politicians on either side, even today. But there we are. So yeah, but... it's it's, it's, Sorry, it's go on. It, no, no, it's 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 going to be big. It's going to be good. It's going to be a slam of poetry. It, you won't know quite what's hit you, but though you will enjoy it. Uh, mm. and uh, it is something which is like, this is potentially, as it's online, going to be a further taster for people who haven't even got anywhere near thinking about doing this before.
2: Oh, definitely. Um, and, and you know, you've got to try and pull positives out of what's going on in the world at the minute. Uh, and we we have moved a lot of our, well, we've moved all of our events online because we've had to. Yeah. Um, and all of a sudden you realise that, oh, Whereas before we could only get a headliner who could travel to the Midlands on a Sunday night or whatever, uh, now we could get a headliner who's in, you know, the far flung reaches of, of Northern you, Scotland you, if you, we wanted.
1: You're struggling str- to think of anywhere outside of Wolverhampton, aren't yeah, you? You, yes, are, you yes, are very, yes, you know are very yes. Wolverhampton centric. <laughs> there are other places too.
2: Uh, and, there are, and, but, there, but the but best poets, the or, best poets are in Wolverhampton. Yeah. Yes but also the audience can come in from outside as well. And I think that's really important mm. that people realize just how vibrant the scene is in this area. Yeah. Um, and, and we need to celebrate that more as well, because we've got, got some amazing talent in, the, in this area. Um, and you know, if, you, if you're not on the telly, no one seems to know who you are. Uh, so, you know, trying to grab a positive from this is the fact that we're now starting to pull people in as audience members from outside the area, uh, who would go, oh, oh, that that Wolverhampton, they've got some talented folk down there, haven't they?
1: And, and you are but, one of the stars of the city. We know that. We know that from everything you do, from things you put on at the arena and the work that you've done, the playwriting, the books. I mean, the, you, your, your, your skills, no, no beginning, nor no end. Uh, it oh, is, shucks. It is amazing. But I mean, tell us a bit about the rest of the team as well, because you, you've, you've name-dropped Emma Perseus because she's a star too.
2: Yeah, so, uh post practice and this is me. Emma Perseus and Steve Pottinger. Uh, we... Steve hasn't
1: done well in your description so far. You bet. Bear... We, we wouldn't Steve... have known he was there. I mean, what's going on?
2: Steve's the responsible adult. <laughs> <laughs> Steve's the one who keeps me and Emma on track. Because if it was just me and Emma, who knows what could happen? Um, so, yeah, he's he's kind of the the, uh, the, the surround around the hand grenade. That right.
3: just keeps it all
2: in place and stops it exploding. Um, yeah. We've, we've all done performance for, for years, really. Um, Emma and Steve, are, I dunno, I think they're about 75 years old each. Um, they're, they're, they're really getting on. Um, but <laughs> we, we, we all came together purely because our surname started with a P But that, that <laughs> mean...
1: that's the thing. Okay. <laughs> the, the, the beauty in the art and the way in which life is reflected through
4: surnames, <laughs>
2: you, you know what I mean? Um, uh, and we all found that we got on and we, we all enjoyed what we each did. And, and I, you know, I always say one of the great things about being in this little troupe, um, I mean, I if, if one of us is feeling a bit down, the other two give them a kick up the backside and keep them moving. Um, but also, you know what, when I get to do a show with them two, I've got the best seat in the house, man. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, and the amount of times we've gone round and whether, whether it's been a slam or whether it's been one of our shows and I just get to see them two perform and I'm sitting like two yards away from them just thinking, they, they know me, <laughs> <laughs> they know who I am, they've got my phone number in their phone <laughs> um, and look at them, they're
1: amazing. But it it is going to be a truly awesome event. It is the sixth of February. Give us the rest of the details on how we get tickets, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Uh,
2: Wolves, I want to say WolvesLiteratureFestival.co.uk. dot co dot uk. You you would be right in
1: saying WolvesLiteratureFestival. I, th- I think I'm just going to just look, This is the point where you should pick your phone up, look <laughs> online, and go. Yeah, dot co uk. It's definitely there. I googled it earlier. Uh, yeah, so that's that, the so That's the web <laughs> address sorted and yes. you, you've got to um, look
2: for it's it's all online <laughs> it's on the 6th of february yeah. it's at half past seven it'll last about two and a half hours prices are seven pound plus booking fee
1: simple as that and at wallsliteraturefestival.co.uk mm. is that aforementioned website and uh, g- give us some socials and things so we can find out what we're going to let ourselves in for first
2: um well i mean pandemonialists you'll find us on twitter uh at, at pandemonialists uh, we're on Facebook as well, but I'm not on Facebook, so I don't know what the Facebook thing is. Emma and Steve look after the Facebook. Um, you'll find me, Emma and Steve, all on the socials as well. Um, Dave, Dave
1: the Pit is what you're looking for. Da- Dave the
2: Pit, uh, Emma Pursehouse, and uh, Big Steve Poet. There we go um, on, on Twitter. Um, yeah, and you know, also check out the Literature Festival because there's some other amazing events going on there as well it's gonna be Um, an
1: awesome weekend the literature festival itself takes place from the 12th through to the 14th of February this is a precursor on the sixth you have to be there it's not actually you're not not barred from anything else if you don't do this one but (laughs) you uh, you do have to be there don't you
2: that's only because they would let us put that rule in the book
1: That's the way it's we'll going to be.
2: We'll try again next year.
1: We will force you, you poetry on you. You
2: can't see John Ronson unless you come to the poetry <laughs>
1: <site>. <laughs> It's going to be amazing. I know that. Dave, thank you for joining us. And uh, we look forward to, to more of your wonderful work as we head through 2021.
2: Always a pleasure, mate. Always a pleasure. Anytime. <laughs>
1: On Saturday, the 13th of February, as part of the Wolverhampton Literature Festival, Kate Hill Press are showcasing some of their talent. One of those in that event is Ian Henry, who joins me now. Hello, sir.
4: Hi, Jason. Always a pleasure. Never a chore. Absolutely
1: a joy to speak to you, as ever. And uh, you've got this uh, event which Cates Hill Press are doing massive work towards. And uh, you're one of a number of uh, performers, and you're bringing some poetry to life that evening.
4: That's right. It's from a collection called Poems of Hope. It's my fifth collection, published by Saw Press. The other authors showcased by Catesell Press is Greg Stokes and Sean Patrick Hand. And we've got some brilliant artwork by a Wolverhampton freelance artist called Jason Forward. Uh, his professional name is JLF, and that's inspired on COVID-19 because he's had COVID-19 and he wants to reach out to people in Wolverhampton who have had COVID-19. These are strange times
1: absolutely and uh, i mean for the fact that the literary festival is online this year it makes it a little peculiar and different but equally it makes it a lot more accessible and uh, with what cates hill press are doing as well is you, i know you just launched a, fun- a fundraiser surrounding the whole event as well to do some great work for charity too
4: that's right it's inspired by um, the memory of Stephen sutton i mm-hmm. say a local lad he was just up the road in burntwood But um, he uh, did a blog called Stephen's story for the Teenage Cancer Trust. And one of the poems in my book is dedicated to his memory. He was only 19 when he died of cancer Um, and at his funeral in Litchfield Cathedral. Ten thousand people uh, turned up Uh, very inspirational. And the poem is based upon some poetry workshops that I did as a scout leader with scouts to explore um steven's story and to fundraise for the teenage cancer trust because i'll tell you what jason i can't imagine how a parent would feel to hear those words your child has cancer so we've got a just giving page where we're asking people to donate to the teenage cancer trust
1: it's an opportunity to you know, not only attend the event but also to support the charity through the work that you and kate Silpress press are doing and how do we find that link online?
4: Uh, the link online is Kate Hill Press, Just Giving page, Teenage Cancer Trust.
1: So Google all of that lot, like, you will find it. And uh, of course, Kate Hill Press will have links to that on both their socials and, of course, on their website too. And uh, this is—it's uh, it's all over your social media. I know that much. And uh, it's a—this is part of a, a, a marking of this poetry, looking at difficult times for a, a lot of different people from a lot of different backgrounds. And through the the, the words that will come to life uh, on this uh, event, you're hopefully going to reach a few people and and make them feel that it's not just them. It it, it is a shared experience, even though it's not one we would choose to go through.
4: Absolutely, Jason. Bang on.
1: So uh, once again, give us the details on your event and where people can find you.
4: It's the Cates Hill Press launch Wolverhampton Literature Festival. It's all online and if you want to support the work that we're doing for the Teenage Cancer Trust it's the Just Giving page. Thank you Jason.
1: So check all that out wolvesliteraturefestival.co.uk you can find all the links on there to all the events taking place it's a brilliant weekend starting on the Friday night running through to Sunday and there are so many events this is one you will want to get to you want to get to all of them uh, it's not physically possible but you're going to have to choose your favourites. This one does some brilliant work and some fantastic poetry. Uh, and Ian, just remind us uh, where we can uh, find your book and
4: uh, get the total details on all of that. At uh, Kate Sill Press, all the W's, Kate Sill Press, or one word dot com.
1: So K A T E S H I L L Press. And uh, you can be enjoying some poetry, having a thoughtful, meaningful moments and uh, really uh, getting, uh, I, th- I think, something back. I, mean, I think poetry is a great way of giving back, isn't it?
4: It is. It's. It's been so enormously important for people in lockdown uh, because we can't go to open mic gigs. We can't stand up in the pubs where the musicians have just played. But we can reach out to people on Zoom platforms, Facebook, WebEx and connect. This is the biggest pandemic our generation have ever faced. And it's impacted upon everyone's mental health.
1: Yeah. So it's a a time for us to to get together as in the ways that we can now and and make a difference with that.
4: Yes, that's right.
1: Well, Ian Henry, once again, thank you for joining us and keep up the good work and keep that pen working.
4: Thank you, Jason. You take care and stay safe.
1: On Saturday, the 13th of February, as part of the Wolves Literature Festival, memories of the Kidderminster Market Tavern will be shared. This all ties in with a fantastic book. To tell us more, I'm joined now by Mark Badgerman, who's been working alongside Andrew Wolf. Hello.
5: Hi, Jason. How are you?
1: I'm good, and I trust we find you well and, and ready for an exciting talk.
5: Yeah, yeah, we're really uh, we're really excited for it actually, because we're uh, we're going to kind of do it uh, chat show style. We've got some guests coming in and. Uh, yeah, so uh, we, we're, we're going to try and make a big effort on this and uh, have a bit of fun and talk about the old days and how, how life was so much better in the early 90s than it is now. Because <laughs> yeah. I mean, you're looking at time from
1: 1990 through 1996, and some amazing bands that went through the doors onto the sometimes stage of the, uh, the, the 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 tavern. And uh, how, how did the venue itself come to be? Because it's got, it had an interesting history, didn't it?
5: Yeah, I mean, it, 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 as, as a building, it had been there since um, about 1959, and uh, through the 80s, when when I was a, a kid, local bands played there. Um, occasionally you get a band from Birmingham come down or something like that but uh, it was just a pub with a, a function room and then I, I, I was putting on um, some gigs in a, in a cellar bar um, with my friend's band who I was uh, ostensibly managing but mm-hmm. um, as, as kids not managing that we would know t- today um, and uh, I, I, we, we did one at the, at the Market Tavern had a little bit of an incident with a local skinhead who who, who turned out glassed himself uh, and it ended up with me being banned from the from the building. So um, when the uh, landlord had left and the new one came in, because he had a really, really, really good room and I'd been doing a few gigs, I thought, I'm going to go and see this guy and see if, uh, you know, if I can put some shows on. And uh, I just turned up, uh, asked the question, are you turning this into a venue? This is what people are saying. And he said, no not really I said well I, I put on big bands and I want to have a go and do this <laughs> and uh, he said oh great go on then so uh, I, I went home and thought well I don't really I don't really put on big bands I put on my maid's bands so um I absolutely pestered to death Carter the Unstoppable Sex Machine because it was the only band I had any way of getting hold of and uh, Eventually, they agreed to, uh, to to do a show. So from there, it, it actually turned into a into a proper music venue. We put a sort of decent sized stage in, painted it black, and all of this kind of stuff. So that was the that was the catalyst from turning it from a function room at the back of a pub into a proper live music venue. And then, of course, through the early 90s, anyone who was reading the gig guide in the back of the Sounds and Melody Maker and stuff like that, they would know the Market Tavern because a lot of bands came through and and played there.
1: Yeah, well as a regular sound reader I had seen that there myself and this is a a time when I was growing up in music as well. We must be pretty much about the same sort of age. And, uh, I mean, I know that you were mates with Ned's at the time, which is where your Badgeman name comes from, having read some of the uh, the, the book That's itself. Right. And uh, it was through all of these links that, they say, Carter played. And they played three times, and that was a venue that they loved. And one of the nice things about this this book, you've got some great memories from people who were there at the time. Some fantastic artwork showing the sort of indie... I mean, it was the heart of indie in, in Kiddie, wasn't it? This, this is where... Yeah, Indie bands came to really show their stuff. And uh, then, of course, on top of that, uh, you've got uh, some some great write-ups from the, the likes of Carter about what they, that they have thought they, they've seen and, and the way the venue helped them in their careers.
5: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, the, the, the book was an interesting thing because I'd actually done a little bit of family history, written it up, and I thought, I'll print this out as a book. And I, I got it done at a, a little place and it came back as a book. Thought, oh, that's nice. And then i realized all oh, the 30th anniversary of the uh, the carter date is is coming up maybe i can do a, a, a book about the market tavern and uh, maybe it's going to be a pdf only thing and i'll distribute it to you know the sort of 20 or 30 people i know <laughs> who, who would be interested uh, and and there was an active facebook group and i thought well you know a lot of the memories are already written down here so I floated the idea on there, and uh, I managed to put the whole thing together and in about eight weeks, start to finish. But those memories from the people that were there, they just came flooding in um, because it, it meant so much to them. So um, you, you, they didn't have to dig too deep to remember you know, their times from when they went to the gigs there um and then of course people like carter they definitely can remember their shows there i did find with some of the artists that where we had great shows that actually they couldn't remember it and uh, at first i thought that was a little bit weird but then the more i thought about it i thought you know whilst we might have had some great shows with for example back to the planet for them that was just you know, another two sold out shows uh, out of, you know, hundreds and hundreds that they did. So they couldn't remember it. But uh, the memories from the people who went, very vivid. And it made putting the book together very easy. And I think in, in doing so, it, it, it really tells the story we, we, without me having to tell it myself and putting my spin on it. I think so many people contributed when you look at the book, you really get a feel, not just for the Market Tavern and what that place was like, but, but just any small venue in the early 90s that that, that did indie bands, it, it paints the picture of all of them, I think.
1: Yeah, and I think yeah, the, the whole scene itself recreated the energy of the 60s that brought you know, rock and roll and music into the world of pop and and the like, and, and created uh, a, a world of accessibility to artists and performers, and I think, that's absolutely fantastic, and I also like the way in the book. It, it, there's there's no rose-tinted spectacles here. This is really what it was like, even down to someone saying, yeah, "Frank Sidebottom wasn't my thing," but it was a gig, and it was a great gig. You know that sort of stuff.
5: Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. You know, and and I mean, at the time when I did it, it, it for me, it was just I, I packed my job in as a printer. Uh, I got this fanciful idea of you know wanting to be in the music industry and stuff. And so I I was just putting these gigs on and just winging it and and getting away with it. But I didn't know at the time quite what it meant to people that that were coming and that they would still, you know, hold on to those memories all these years later. But it it had a funny kind of um, feel to it. It wasn't just a gig where you just turned up if you liked the band and if you didn't, you kind of stayed away. It, it, It had a kind of anarchic social club kind of vibe to it. So people felt very attached to it and they felt very at, at home there. And uh, I, I think, you know, that example you, you just gave of someone who just, you know, turned up to a show because it was on and it's something to do uh, is, is definitely one of the things that was happening. And, and probably the best example of that was the show in Red Cross, which is a, a, a sort of an American cult punk band. And they'd put out a record that had um, they'd changed a little bit more towards Power Pop, an album called Third Eye. And I loved that record. I loved it. But if I'd have booked that band, nobody would have come. No no one knew who they were. So uh, I, I did a thing whereby I got all the old demo tapes that the local bands had sent in. And uh, invariably they were a C30, 30-minute tape, or yeah. maybe even a C15 and i taped over them all with the red cross album and i just gave them away to people because i knew that uh, people were quite happy to come and check out a new band and i thought if they just hear a few songs from this band that they'll they'll come and uh, and they did a little bit of you know guerrilla marketing along those lines <laughs> and that was a great gig and and they didn't understand what was happening there because afterwards they said How come so many people know the first three songs off the album? Lots of people seem to know the entire of the first side, but when we played stuff off the second side of the album, it didn't go down quite (laughs) as well. (laughs) I'm going to have to own up here and tell them what I've done. But uh, it was a great gig and uh, that that really worked. I don't think you could have done that. Uh, at many other places I think it's only the connection that people felt to the venue and that they were willing and open to try something new that 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 one worked.
1: Well there'll be more memories and there'll be guests looking at all of this as part of the event on the 13th of February. It is a Saturday night and uh, I think it would help if people have read as much of the book as they can and maybe even enjoyed the playlist of some of those bands uh, that you have out there before. And so where do people find this before we give them details on how to get in touch on the event?
5: Technically, the book is sold out, but uh, I'm going to do another print run because um, it's, just, it's just done really well. So I think off the back of our appearance at the Literary Festival, we're going to get a few more printed. So if people go to Bandcamp uh, and search for Kidderminster Market Tavern, that's that's where they'll find the book or, or they can find the kidderminster market tavern group on on facebook and there's, there's links um there but uh, i'm going to put the book back on sale so if people want to uh, to get the book they can uh, go over there and just click the link and uh, get themselves a copy
1: get it pre-ordered and before you know it you can hold it in your hands this fantastic beautifully produced book with some wonderful memories and uh, you never know there might well be a second edition at some point as more people come forward following all of this the event itself is part of the Wolves Literature Festival. Wolvesliteraturefestival.co.uk just look for the events on the Saturday night the 13th and check out what's going on with the Market Tavern in uh, Kilominster's so it's kind of an online revival and a chance for everyone to get together and who knows yeah, these guests are going to be a treat too. So uh, we're very much looking forward to the the outcome of your get together. As I say, I'm hoping it means more memories and more publishing. Uh, meanwhile, though, if you live in one of the flats that are now on the site, maybe uh, you can uh, join in and maybe share some memories of the, the ghosts, which you're hoping will haunt them. Uh, but for now, Mark Badgeron, thank you for joining us. Thank you, Jason. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Tell us more about a recent initiative that's been helped to be coordinated by LGBT plus Sparkle. I'm joined by Paul Ryder from their group and also Zen Lita, who has been talking to the local police force uh, about making sure we get trans awareness. Good afternoon to you both. Good afternoon. Thank you. So uh, first of all, Paul, tell me how this came about.
3: Um, Basically, um, it was a couple of months ago. I was emailed um, saying, good afternoon, Paul and Marcus. I've been giving you details by a colleague who said you might be able to assist. Um, because I was looking for someone from the trans, trans community to give them a better understanding how they can serve the um, trans community and the police force. So then I thought of the lovely Zentalina, and then it just went from there. So, uh,
1: Zentalita, obviously, uh, when it comes down to understanding the issues across all communities, uh, the, the, the trans community has very much uh, been, been forced into the background in the past And it it is good that we're now living in an environment where hopefully people can go out and be themselves in much more of a way than they have previously been able to. But still there are challenges, aren't there?
0: There are a number of challenges, yeah. Um, Especially with the media and things, the way we have portrayed and the perception of trans people sometimes. So, um, like I say, I'm involved with a number of trans groups. Um, I'm in part of a committee on Transform Manchester. So, we're a, a set up cha- a charitable self help group. So, we just support and help all trans people so they can come along and talk, get some advice, um, just meet other trans and socialise and things like that. So, and part of the job we do is try and train people and talk to people about the way to talk to us, the way to speak to us, um, and especially so with the police, because a lot of people have fears about the police, especially in the trans community.
1: We would hope that as a society, we can, we can be understanding of people's different backgrounds. And uh, being trans is, is no different to, to being um, any other type of background, type of person that is different from what is considered to be the norm. And, uh, you know, it, it's in itself getting to the point where you're able to openly ad- admit you're trans because of the, the attitudes that are there. Uh, it takes a huge amount of courage then to have that knockback back. By someone in authority must be absolutely devastating.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, a lot of time, you know, we get asked, why do you choose to be trans?" Well, it's not a choice, really. It's you feel you're that way from a very early age for most of us. So it's not like you're doing the choices. I think the choice is I chose to live as a man rather than be myself and as a female, which I believe I am, and I feel I am. So. And it is very, very hard. It's not an easy choice. You come in for a lot of stick, you come in for a lot of abuse and that. So why would you choose to put yourself out there and put up with that if you didn't feel it was right for you?
1: And because of the, the physical attributes of the body that you were born into and not the way in which your mind works, uh, again, this is it, it can make people sometimes stand out. And it's ensuring that to, we behave in in the correct way and we understand that somebody's background isn't necessarily what we see in front of us.
0: Absolutely, yeah. The other thing as well is people seem to think that uh, by being trans, your sexuality is different Well, they're not the same. Being trans is about, like you say, it's about the chosen gender or the gender you are, and that as opposed to a sexuality, just because I'm trans, it doesn't mean I'm a lesbian or I'm a gay or anything else. I'm still heterosexual. So my sexuality and my trans life or the way I choose to express my gender are different issues.
1: And how well received was the talk that you you were able to give?
0: I've had a few negative things over the years. I mean, I've been coming out, I've been trans now for seven years, fully. Um, I live fully as female in my life all the time. Um, and from most professionals, I, I don't have a problem at all. Um, you know, whether it's dealing with the police, doctors, hospitals, or social workers, um, mental health team, because I have a mental health team. Um, and all these things, that I think most of it comes from ignorance within the public.
1: And the approach that some people take isn't one uh, of an understanding. It's almost as if they, it could be causing them to question their, their own thoughts, which sometimes causes a negative reaction.
0: Yes, you know, I, I think I, I, I believe in some respects that some people fear it um, for for the wrong reasons, and also some people like to show off to their mates and things like that. And so they think by having a go with us, it makes them a bigger person, a man, and all this sort of thing. And and secretly, a lot of them are hiding it. You know, they, they may feel they're that themselves, and so they attack what they feel or fear they are. So, I mean, I've met some people from school that I used to know You know, you're talking 40-odd years ago now since I last went to school, and it's coming out now. And there's more and more people my age that are actually coming out as trans because they've tried to hide it and tried to avoid it for years.
1: Equally as well, I suppose, uh, there is more life experience as well, which allows them to realise who they are and whether they don't want to be pigeonholed as someone they're not.
0: Yeah, it's, it's a hard life. And for a lot of people, I think coming out and admitting your trans is, is very, very difficult. I The biggest problem for most of us is you tend to lose a lot of your family and your friends and that. And for a lot of people that can be too much at times and, and so they fear that and worry about it. And so they never really get to be themselves.
1: Uh, I know, Paul, I know that the work that you've been doing through LGBT plus Sparkle, uh, it's, again, about bringing communities together and uh, with, I mean, Zentalina here and uh, all the other people that you work with on a regular basis. Uh, it, it's about an understanding and acceptance because, I mean, everyone is the same deep down.
3: Zentalina did speak to our group before the police contacted us about her story coming out trans, and that's how we met
0: through um, Jenny Ann's group. Um, unique, am I correct then? Yes, it's unique. is uh, Is a transform uh, group, the same as in the Transform Manchester in in North Wales.
1: A lot of groups coming together, having a conversation, which puts things into the right place, the right perspective, and uh, really, it's encouraging people to live a bit, to be who they are. And hopefully, we can do this without barriers. And through the sort of talk that you've already given, uh, it, it'll hopefully bring people to, together and, and uh, give greater understanding.
0: Yeah, I mean, like I said, I was asked by Paul, um, he got contacted by the police in in uh, the Midlands area saying they were, they're they doing a lot of diversity training and a lot of various other trainings, and they're, they're, they're trying to look at different issues and that. And so they asked Paul if he knew someone who could talk about trans issues in the community and that. Um, so. I, he asked me to do it. It's part of our group, we do that. We go into hospitals, prisons, and various other establishments, working with people, doing diversity training, so that when they do come across trans people, they know how to talk to us. They know the sort of questions. And it was really interesting chat piece. I think there was about like 20 odd members that came on to the meeting. Um, and basically, I just gave them a background about who I am, where I come from, and how I got to be me. Um, and I know they've done other training. They've just done one recently with talking about um, cot deaths and infant deaths mm-hmm. and things like that. So it just helps people. So when they go out into the community and they need to talk to these people, they know what to say, what questions not to say as well. Because sometimes it be quite upsetting.
1: Absolutely. So making sure that they're using the, the right language, the right understanding, for areas that they themselves haven't experienced and haven't been through. As a leader, where can we go to find out more about your group?
0: Um, we're on um, any, if you go on the internet, any website and that, um, like I say, and you type in trans, we will come up. It's called Trans Manchester, uh, the Manchester one. And that's, it don't have to be from Manchester. You can be from anywhere. And the other one is unique in Wales, North Wales, And if you type it in, you'll probably come across uh, a person called Jenny-Ann Bishop, who has an OBE for all the work that she's done on these trans groups and with the Welsh Government in setting up the Welsh Gender Clinics and various things. Uh, We have Zoom meetings every Thursday evening from 8 o'clock, and we have one every Saturday from half past three. Anyone who has any kind of gender issues or not sure or supports someone who has gender issues, whether you're a social worker, a carer, and that. You're more than welcome to come along and join in and ask questions if you're not sure and you'll get all the answers you need from either one of us who runs the group or other trans people that have experienced those problems
1: and paul of course uh, lgbt plus sparkles uh, ongoing uh, regular meetings mondays and thursdays uh, how do we find you
0: um
3: you type in lgbt sparkle or you'll find us on facebook and um, we have our social group on a monday and um, two to four and on a thursday um, two to half past three, and um, everyone's welcome
1: to join. Well, thank you both for joining us, and keep up the good work that you're doing within the communities.
0: Thank you, Jason okay, Thank you very much. Cheers. Bye bye.
1: Well, that's all for this week. Thank you so much for joining us. Back next week, I'll see you then.
3: Goodbye from the mill bar. Goodbye from the mill bar.
0: Goodbye from the mill bar. Goodbye from the milk bar, yeah Goodbye from the milk bar,
3: yeah